right, all right. Nice little break in there. Nice little music there. I don't even know who it was, but you know, we rocking with it. That's right. <laughs> so what we got going on today, Floyd? All right. Well, today we got something really special today. Something that we all need to know, want to know, and what we should know about mortgages. And the one who's going to, we're going to talk to about, about that is Michael Chupa. Okay, good job. A.K.A. <laughs> Anye. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Welcome to AZ and the No on Icon Radio, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So, no, describe first what it is you do and how you do it. Okay. So, I describe myself as a mortgage loan advisor. So, uh, my job is to help clients who are in the market for a home figure out how to finance that home and, and present that financing. So. Yes, the money guy. The money guy. It's all about the money guy. We need that guy. Yeah. No, it's important now, and this is why we brought him in, because... Uh, home ownership, land, whatever you want to. This is where it's at. Yep. You know, renting. Because I'm a renter. You know, it is what it is. I'm a renter. Uh, I'm trying to look for a home. So you know, the things that we come out of this conversation, I'm gonna apply it to myself too. So you know, I'll be asking for myself along with the uh, uh, America. So uh, now, when it comes to what we should be looking for, where we should be at, I know people are afraid because of credit, uh, credit scores, things like that. Is this important? What should we be doing in this aspect? Absolutely. I mean, credit is definitely going to be, you know, an integral part of any home loan, any lending. Um, but what I always tell clients is go ask for help. Mm -hmm. You got to get over that hurdle. You know what I'm saying? You can't get to a destination if you don't have a roadmap. Mm. And a lot of times the, the individuals who think they're not there either are already there or it's one or two steps. Right. And nothing's wrong with planning. Mm -hmm. So if you're not there, you know, let's put a plan together. Let's get you there. Right. How long does it take? You know, or is everybody different? Should we say do you take, you know, the next two, three to three years and plan yourself out? Or is it something sooner like we can do in six months? Or is everybody different? Everybody's different. Yeah. I would say for most people, they probably fall into that. Most people that I see fall into that six month time frame. Okay. But the putting it off and trying to do things blindly mm -hmm. will kind of move them out of that time frame. But and, and it depends because your, your situation is going to be different. But then, you know, your dedication. Right. Once we put that plan together, it's on you. Mm -hmm. Are you going to do those things? Are you going to, you know, sacrifice that new pair of shoes or this or that to get to your goal? Right? So you actually work with these people the whole road through. Is that that's your job? Oh, or? yeah. I mean, I'm not a credit uh, analyst. I don't I don't. But, you know, through the position. I've become somewhat of an expert. So what I do is I'm, I'm going to give you a credit simulator. I'm going to tell you the the things that you need to do to get your credit, and I'm going to follow up with you. It's on you to do the work, you know? That's oh, what wow. it is. That's you got to do the work. Is. No, no, that's serious. You have to do the work yeah. because, it, it, you know, people get lazy. You know, you just want, 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 but you, what are you going to do to get to what you want? Exactly. So, you know. Are there any, uh, like, drawbacks or anything like that? To buying a home? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a good question. Uh, I, I was reading in, you know, Mortgage News Daily uh, based on 2019. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's one of the nerdy things I do because I'm in the industry. Um, but based on 2019 census data, owning a home, home ownership, was probably the closest link to family wealth. Mm. So Say I, that again. Owning a home is, is, you know, one of the biggest links to building family yes. wealth. You know what yes. I'm saying? So if you ask me that question, I'm going to say no. Clients always come to me and they're telling me, you know, what about the maintenance? What about this? And what about that? And my response is with maintenance comes equity. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So you mm-hmm. got to, in life, you got to give something to get something. Right? And you're never going to get that equity if you don't take on the risk of that maintenance or whatever that may be. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, probably the, the fear of having to maintain your own home, things that can happen, that may be the, the one big drawback people see. But there are ways to counteract that. There's a home warranty that will handle you know, any big maintenance thing, there's homeowner's insurance that you're going to have anyway. So risk comes reward, you mm-hmm. know. What is better? Because I've heard about, because I don't know, I don't know. Huh. Um, when it comes to mortgages, uh, I know there's what, the 30-year, there's a 15-year. Yeah. Can you, like, explain that? Because I don't know. Okay. So it's all about, you know, the time, the the period you're gonna we're going to lend you the money over. Right now, if you ask me what's better, if I had my way, I put every single one of my clients in a 15 year mortgage. Right. Because what you're going to spend on interest is going to be astro. I mean, you could save one hundred thousand dollars or more on average on a 15 year mortgage. It's going to cost you more. The payment, the monthly payment is going to be higher. Yeah. So that's that's the drawback. Right. Um, But we can always work you that way. Right. So you, you can have a 30-year mortgage, and I'm going to go over what the 15-year mortgage payment or what you can pay extra to principal every month to save you on that interest. Um, but it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a must, right? Mm-hmm. If you're comfortable with your mortgage payment at 30 and you want to see what a 15-year is, I would advise taking a look at it. Because if I told you you spend an extra $200 a month and you'll have $100,000 in 15 years, you probably do that. So sometimes just $200 is the difference. I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes $200 is about the difference. You know, it's going to depend on the mm-hmm. purchase, uh, on how much the home is worth, how much the mortgage is. But it could be two or $300 on average. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just depends on who you are and, you know, how much that mortgage is for. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, is there like a way, is there, is there like a program that uh, people can get into to help with their mortgage, like to, um, the down payment, right? Stuff like that. You know what? Arizona has some amazing programs. So I do business here, Arizona, That's I mean, Arizona, California, and Texas. Arizona has some amazing programs to help new buyers purchase a home. Um, there are a couple of them too. And uh, basically, the mix is those programs will give you up to 5% of your loan amount to help you purchase a home. And that can help you with down payment and closing costs, right? So when you put those payment, those programs together, I've helped tons of clients get into a home with a couple hundred dollars out of pocket, probably less than some people rent a home for. Wow. wow. You know? Um, so the programs out here are amazing. Texas has some great programs. California has some good programs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most states have some kind of program. But again, like I tell my clients, get out. Go ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people need to go ask for help. And that's the thing, though. It's like when when we start, you know, getting that point, okay, when we say ask for help, depending on the person, you yeah. know, because it's, it's like, okay, if I go out there and ask for it, I say, you know, can you help me out? And then they'll say, okay, well, you need to do this, 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 mm-hmm. you know, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And then that, you know, all that need to do this things, will uh, discourage me you know yeah so it's that discouraging me like man that's a whole lot i feel you um and and i can't speak for everybody but what i try to do i'm gonna just give you the 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 next step in front of you you know what i'm saying and one way or another you got to understand it's a journey 
right? And it's not about, I never tell people that they can't qualify. I tell them how they can qualify or what it's going to take to qualify. So you don't have to feel insecure about not qualifying now or having 15 steps. You just got to take it like everything else in life, one step at a time. Mm -hmm. So what's the next thing up? You know, I used the down payment assistance program when I bought my first house. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in the industry, and that program helped me immensely. You know what I'm saying? I got into my first house, I think, $800 out of pocket. Wow. wow. So, you know? That's 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 something I need to but look see, into. But, but yeah. see, he, he know he know the game of it, though. I see, do that's know the thing. game. <clears throat> see, we don't know that, though. Right, we don't see, know this game. So he got the inside look. I do know the game, but I think a lot of times in, in, in people are, you know, ashamed to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Go find someone you trust who knows the game and get the game, you yeah. know? Yeah. I know the game, and I use it to help myself, but I work every day to use it to help other people, you know? That's what it is. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited because, you know, I, I need to talk to this man, you know, later on because, you know, I'm, I'm tired of renting. Mm -hmm. You know, like my right now, I have about a right under – a thousand square feet it's like what nine something whatever it's about right under a thousand square feet and i'm paying about twelve hundred dollars yep. a month for rent on a two-bedroom two-bathroom yep. that's it yep. when i know that i can probably get into a home if i get into a home about twelve hundred dollars i'm a happy man yeah not not higher than that no higher than twelve hundred i'm a happy man three bedroom uh, uh, two bathroom at least on, on the lease side with a garage. I'm a happy man. But see, that depends on what area it is, right? Yeah. Ooh, so, you yeah, are absolutely right. Yeah. I hear people all the time. They're like, "Well, I'm gonna wait for this," and it's okay. Why? But while you're waiting, the properties around you are gonna increase in value. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right now in Arizona, especially in the Phoenix area, it's a it's mortgage boom right now. It's hot. Mm -hmm. It's a seller's market, and you know it's a seller's market. So people call me. Well, should I wait to buy? It's a seller's market, yeah, but interest rates are probably the lowest we've ever seen them right now. Mm -hmm. Right? So that evens the field for my buyers. Right? And, you know, I have somebody ask me today, are, is there going to be a crash? Right? And, you know, I can't see the future. If I could, right. I'd, be, I'd be on an island somewhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> so when it comes to interest, because I just thought about it, sorry for cutting you off. You uh, the interest, because I don't know. All right, so if you get your you're locked into an interest, yeah, uh, you you lock into a 15 year, that interest does it stay the exact same or does it fluctuate? Okay, so uh, what you're asking is the difference between a fixed rate mortgage and an okay. adjustable rate mortgage. Yes. Okay. Back in the wild wild west days before the crash, people were getting locked into adjustable rate mortgages without knowing. Right. Nowadays, um, people are a little bit more scared and skeptical of that. So a lot of buyers make sure with me that we're locking them into a fixed rate mortgage. Um, and that's that's mainly what I provide for buyers for the most part is fixed rate mortgages unless someone asks for an adjustable rate mortgage, which, you know, you, you, you might get a lower rate on the front end, but it's going to adjust on you. Mm. And it can, it can spike that's like a balloon or something. Yeah, a balloon is different. That means like a 15-year balloon means in 15 years, it might be a 30-year mortgage, but in 15 years, the payment is due on all of it. Ooh. So you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Wait, what? <laughs> say that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Say that so I can understand it. So a balloon, again, back in the wild, wild west days, these were popular where, you know, we were putting you in a 30-year AM. So it was an amortization schedule of 30 years. So you get the lower payment of the 30-year mortgage, but it had like a 10 or 15-year balloon. Meaning ten or fifteen years online, you know the full the full amount was due. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so you wake up one day and that full mortgage payment is due. Whatever you owe, whatever you oh, owe, standing. I've never heard anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, that's we don't see, want that's that why, That's why it's good to get this knowledge and get the understanding. Y'all better be listening right now. <laughs> People are out there getting bamboozled. You know? <laughs> what? Okay, now, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, credit. Okay. Okay. So, now, how big is credit when it comes to getting a mortgage? Okay. Well, there are three main aspects that make up a mortgage file. It's credit, income, and assets. Mm-hmm. So, credit is going to be a huge piece of that, but... Um, I, I think there's a lot of misconceptions on credit. The first thing I'll tell you about credit is credit karma isn't right. Mm-hmm. Right? Credit karma isn't right. People walk in my office every day and they go, oh, I'm not sure. I got a 580 on credit karma. And I, I've, I've heard that so many mm-hmm. times. Oh, because they like, have like the three different uh, branches. Well, you know what? I'm not no. here to destroy credit karma's platform, but credit karma is a marketing website. So the algorithms they use to calculate your credit score, they made up. The three bureaus don't use those algorithms for the most part. And Credit Karma is great at certain things. I have Credit Karma. I have the app on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. It's And it's good at um, tracking, you know, where your score is trending. Is it trending up, trending down? And Credit Karma is great at letting you know when things report on your credit profile. Mm-hmm. Like, right. they are instant. Like, yeah. I've had some clients pull credit. I pull credit with them in the room, and Credit Karma is telling them that I pulled it before I see the credit report. So they are great at that, but those credit scores, don't look at them. <laughs> don't look at them. Um, so that's the thing. I have people walk in and say I have a 700, and mm. I pull it, <laughs> and I pull it, and, it, and it's a 580, which we can work with. But you know that's that's a jarring difference. And yes. I, <laughs> you know, and I have people who walk in and say it's a 580, and they're really at 700, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. So go speak with somebody, go ask for help, and understand where you really are. You know? So what what um. So when we go, when the, when I walk into your office, yeah, and I say, okay, I say, I have a, a, I don't know what, six fifty, six forty, okay, and then you check it and be like, okay, yeah, six forty, okay. okay, and then you mm-hmm. see the credit, mm-hmm. okay, the credit comes out and all that. Now, now you see all the items on there, mm-hmm. okay. What items are are we? allowed to have on there and what items are we are not to have on there you know when you were 640 uh you know for the most part you're going to be good to go right now there's two aspects of credit there's the score and then there's the the trended credit or the credit depth Mm -hmm. now you could be a wonderful 640 and then i run you through our approval system and and it deny and it gives you denial right Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean you don't have options but just you know, going back to that, that could mean that you either don't have very deep credit. You have one credit card that's been open for a year, and you've got the score that we need to qualify you, but we just, you know, we're lacking depth. And there's things that we can do about it, you know, add a cosigner, you know, reserves, which are months of mortgage payments that you show in the bank. Maybe we, we add your 401k on there and show reserves. So there's things that we can do to bolster that, right? Um in terms of things that you can have and cannot have, obviously, you know, late payments are horrible for your credit profile and for that depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, while collections don't kill you, they have a hard effect on you, too. Um, but those Everybody are, has medical. Everybody has medical, right? And depending if we go FHA, if we go FHA, I can completely ignore medical collections, completely ignore, right? Um, but again, those are all things that we can find a strategy to overcome. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, you know, stop what you're doing. Don't, don't go pay off those medical collections. 
right? Because you could waste a whole lot of money handling that, and that's money you need to figure out the moving truck because we already got you into your home, you know? Go seek advice because we could, we could handle all that in, in ways that don't, don't involve you spending money. In fact, I mean, you could spend the money on that and get a worse result mm-hmm. than I could get if I just put a plan together for you. And I've seen that happen too. Hmm. Wow. See, see, that, that's that's information, you know. Hey, <laughs> but now's the right time, you know. You know, especially now in the Trump era. I hate to bring him up in this, but we need wealth because I know he mentioned wealth, mm-hmm. and this is the fastest road to wealth. And Arizona has a lot of land, especially a lot of undeveloped land. Arizona is full of it. And Arizona is a great market, a great market to own a home. Mm-hmm. You know, Arizona is one of the best rental markets in the country. So even if you're not looking to live here long term and you're here right now, buy something, rent it down the line. It's a great Airbnb market. I mean, there's opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to ask you a question just because I have a buddy that just got into it mm-hmm. and he just purchased. So he's into uh, mobile homes. Okay. Uh, and he started flipping mobile homes, you know, little. And I didn't realize how cheap it was to really invest in the mobile home. You can find some mobile homes for about $5,000. You can find some that's $20,000 and actually buy them for that much. You can buy some for like $1,000. I did not know this. And he started flipping these mobile homes and flipping and flipping. Now he owns. He just bought it. I think it's been all of a month. He bought a mobile home park. Okay. The brother is like 30-something years old. Yeah. And bought a mobile home park. Now he's got like what seventy something families under his, you know, mm-hmm. control or whatever. You know, have you heard of anything like this? Is that something good to get into? Or yeah. So that's a little bit different. Mobile homes aren't affixed to the land, so you're not going to be able to finance those with the regular mortgage. So uh-huh. not really my wheelhouse of expertise. Um, heard about them a little bit, and yeah. basically it boils down to you know low cost of entry and a, a good r- rate of return on those mobile home parts. I've heard that they're um, a pretty sound investment if you can find the right opportunity. Um, but again, not my, my not my area of expertise. Yeah. yeah, just, you know, I thought about it. I was like, man, I was proud of them. I was proud yeah, of them. Though. Like, they, I've never heard anybody that bought a mobile home park, yeah. especially a young black man. So <laughs> shots out to him on that one. Yeah. So with the, <clears throat> okay, so now I'm, I'm going to go through this process. So now that uh, we got the mortgage, I mean, got got the loan, okay. But see, before we get the loan, doesn't it go through an underwriter? Yep, yep. Um, And so if you're with a good loan officer, I always tell, you know, um, I train new loan officers and bring new loan officers into the business. And I always tell them if they've done their job right, they're telling the underwriter how to approve the file, right? You structure the file to let the underwriter know, here's how I want this file approved. Like, you write the story, right? Um, so it's all about planning and preparation, mm-hmm. you know, from a loan officer perspective and someone's going to have that plan for you and execute on it. Um, you know, the mortgage industry is tough, man. Guidelines change every day. It's crazy. So um, it's hard to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, your loan officer's job is to put that file together tight so it can fly right through underwriting. Because everybody want to go through the realtors. It's all about the realtors. It's all about the realtor. Nobody really talks about mm-hmm. the loan officer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your realtor is a great resource, mm-hmm. right? A good realtor and a good loan officer are going to be the perfect team so you can get yourself into that home, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to let the realtor be the real estate advisor mm-hmm. and be your lender, be your mortgage finance advisor, right? They got to they gotta play their roles, right? you know? So let's go, let's go back to the uh, uh, credit thing now. For this year, 2020, the whole pandemic yeah. messed up a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
now which set people back yep you know so now do do they take that in consideration for if they go like next year and be like okay i want a house but then they have late payments they have all this stuff on there that you know with the pandemic and everything the the money wasn't there because they got lost their job or yeah. got furloughed or yeah. stuff like that how do they handle that so uh, yes and no. It's been difficult because, you know, the government has stepped in and put in place the guidelines for, um, you know, putting loans in forbearance left and right. And so all the rules and the, the uh, guidelines on how we're going to treat that coming out of this really haven't all been written yet. And so we're still finding out how all that's going to play out in terms of, you know, late payments on, you know, other things. It's really all going to go back to boil down to that credit. You know, if you have deeper credit and you have that credit score that's going to qualify you, you'll probably be just fine, right? Um, thinner credit, and we'll have to be back at that spot where we're, we're looking for ways to overcome mm -hmm. the challenges of the thin credit, right? Um, but then, again, it goes, it all goes back to getting with somebody and planning how to get you into that home, right? Get with somebody who you trust to put that plan together for you, hmm. right? Okay. What about student loans? Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, Everybody man. has you know? student loans. Oh man! People student pay on those for fifty years. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they do. Yeah, man. I student. was joking about the fifty. <laughs> oh, student loans are probably one of the hardest things I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis because, mm -hmm. you know, mortgage guidelines are written in in hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not very progressive in understanding that most people in our society today have student loans, right? So. If we go conventional, if you if you have a if you're going with the conventional loan program, student loans are fairly easy to manage. If you're on an income-based repayment plan, or even if you have a zero payment on your payment plan, I can use that on a conventional loan. All right. If we go with an FHA loan, which is the other more popular option, student loans are difficult, man, because I have to I have to use one percent of your outstanding balance as your monthly payment on that. And people don't understand that because even though you might be in a zero monthly payment or a $25 monthly payment, just the way the guidelines are written right now, we've got to account for 1% of that, of that outstanding balance as your mm -hmm. monthly payment. So I think that all boils down to which loan program you go with. And that's, is that something that you, like, you'll determine, you know, which one it is? Yeah, and, and I, I determine it based on a few different things. Um, your credit profile is going to be a big uh, determining factor, whether it's a it's an advantage for you to go conventional or FHA, mm -hmm. you know, um, or we can get an approval, right? Conventional is going to be a little bit more strict on credit credit score and credit profile. FHA is going to be a little bit more lenient um, on a lot of things in that regard. But you know, then you have the student loan thing hitting you, so it's it's a puzzle putting together a home loan. You know what I'm saying? I got to think about all those things and what's going to give you the best chance of getting in this home. You know, okay. So with with the uh, closing costs, yeah. So with closing, what is it like? What's all included in the closing costs? Oh man, good question. So closing costs include are going to include lender fees, right? Every lender is going to have some kind of fees, right? Your title fees. Title company is the one that handles the closing of the loan, right? They make sure that the property is free of any encumbrances. Like that means that nobody's gonna come looking for your house once you own it. It's your house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're gonna they're gonna be that third party in charge of all the fees. So they're important. And then there's gonna be the impounds and escrows, right? To make sure your property taxes and your um, um, homeowners insurance and everything gets paid every year on time. 
right? So three aspects that make up your closing costs, um, and all three kind of play into those uh, those final numbers. Now, lot, something that a lot of people don't know is that you can actually have the seller help you with closing costs uh, via seller concessions, mm. right? So that's a tactic that um, a lot of agents that I've worked with have used in the past, you know, uh, whether you negotiate the homes on the market for 200 and you offer 210 with, you know, 8000 back in closing costs, right? It's a tactic that's worked well, I would say, right now with how hot the market is. It's hard to get them right now because sellers don't feel like they have to give anything up. Mm-hmm. But just know that tactic is out there. It's available. It's, it's a useful tool. And I'm still seeing some closing cost assistance to some of my buyers here and there. So it's out there. Wow. Yeah. So, that's so it can be done. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. I mean, that's good to know. Hey. Sign me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, can anybody, like, how can we find you? Like, uh, um, you have a uh, website or a number? Or if anybody want to reach out to you for more help in this. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Michael Trupi with Academy Mortgage. Um, you can always, you know, Google me. <laughs> I'm out there on Google. Um, but you can reach out to me directly at uh, 480. 480- Three zero four forty two eleven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we get up out of here, what is the? Give me. Give us some information if you have some information about HOA. Oh yeah, HOAs, man. I you know I get a mixed bag mixed bag review on those. I think HOAs are great for some things, man. If you want to be in a neighborhood and know, you know, the street's gonna look nice, things are gonna be taken care of. The HOA is gonna handle all that. They're gonna keep your neighbors in line. You know what I'm saying? They might take care of the common areas. If y'all have a common pool or common sidewalks, take care of all of those things just to make sure that the area you live in is nice. Make sure that your resale value, you know, when it comes time to sell your home, you don't want a prospective buyer coming by and the next door neighbor has, you know, 15 junky cars in the front yard, right? Mm-hmm. So they keep everything like that in line, but it comes at a cost, right? So there's that HOA, the, the monthly or quarterly or where, however often they take the dues, it comes at that cost. You know, I have some people who don't want that cost. They want to be in an area where nobody's going to tell them to, you know, park the car in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's great. But you got to understand that, you know, when it comes time to sell your home and you want all the neighbors to be neat, you don't have nobody to enforce that at that time either. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's pros and cons to it. Because one thing about that is what – what gets me? I mean, that's cool. That uh, you know, that's understandable. But one thing I I don't really agree with is how they, you know, you have to pick certain color schemes for your. Your home. shrubs have to be four you know, inches to the left of yeah, the ground. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like you have you have a you have white <coughs> color, or beige color, or off taupe color, whatever. You know, mm. that's it. I mean, and every HOA is different. So some HOAs are that crazy. You know, that's a little crazy. Um, but as a buyer, once you decide on a home, they're going to have to disclose to you the, the CCNRs, covenants and restrictions of the HOA, right? And you can read through that and decide, wow, they, these people want, you know, my light bulbs twisted three, three times. Exactly, you know, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of crazy. I don't really don't want to deal with that. And you can cancel that. But um, you got to take the time to look through that and make, make your decision. Oh, yeah. wow. Because I had HOA. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> And uh, I got wound up getting screwed in the end because I wound up actually paying off my home that I had. But then I wound up losing it due to the HOA rules because mm, yeah. uh, went through an ugly divorce. Not going to go into all that. All I know is, yeah, I, I paid it off. 
and they took it. Well, see, that's the thing. How can they? How can it's, it's your home? You're paying on this home and everything. How can an HOA take your home? That's what I'm. I don't get that. When you bought it, you signed those covenants and restrictions, man. Yep. They got some power, man. They so why? Why? Okay. So why even buy the home if if you know the HOA has more power over you? Get informed. Say no. <laughs> Read your restrictions. Get a realtor who's going to look after you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the thing about it is people don't read documents. No. You know? They just sign no, up. Right. They, you know. So like I said, your realtor and your lender have to be that team for you. That realtor has to let you know, well, look, this is what you're signing on the real estate side. And the lender needs to let you know, like, yo, these these are the mortgage, you know, uh, restrictions or the, the mortgage guidelines you're signing on right here. This is what your payment's going to be. This is what your, you know, mortgage insurance is going to be. All of that. Get you a team that's going to hold your hand and, and take you through that process. I got a bad taste in my mouth. I'll never get another HOA. There's uh, no way you can no. I'm in an HOA right now. It's been, it's been cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I'll never do it. Mm, I'm not the one. <laughs> what was that other one? Um, I had one. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I can't remember what it was. But, um, oh, that's what it was. Okay. That's what happens when you get old. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's getting up there. But um, if if someone wanted to get into the whole uh, mortgage mortgage thing, you mm-hmm. know, how how do mortgage uh, loan, uh, how do you get paid? How, how do you get paid? Oh, you're talking about like a job. Yeah, like, a job how do, how like how do you, do you no, no, well, not, not get into it, but how do you get paid, though? Okay, okay. So um, I get paid a percentage of, of the loan that I close. So um, don't get paid if I don't close the loan. So there's a lot of incentive to get your deal done for you the right way, mm. you know, and to make happy clients. So, um, yeah, so the bank pays me a percentage of the, of the loans that I close. Oh. Yeah. Just like real estate. Yep. Just same like thing. Estate. They get part of that closing cost. So commission. Commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing a lot of buyers don't know, let me, let me go ahead and segue off that, is that the seller actually pays the realtor's commission for the most part. Right? So I get buyers all the time like, hey, can I do this without a real estate agent? Well, what's the advantage to you? Because let's be realistic. The seller's not going to give you the money they were going to pay that real estate agent. They're trying to negotiate the best deal for them. Mm. So go get yourself a real estate agent. Get somebody who's an expert who can guide you through the process, you know, and let the seller go ahead and pay that fee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, I, I feel like I, I know more now yeah. than I did at the beginning because I actually needed a lot of this information mm-hmm. for myself because I'm, I'm definitely in the market. to. I kept saying I want to rent a home. I really don't want to rent per se, but I thought it was going to be easier to get into to rent than actually buy. But the more you're talking, the more it sounds like I, it's the better route is to actually own. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but I truly I truly do believe, like I said, yeah. you know, and the numbers show it, you know. Owning a home, I tell people, your home is a savings account that you don't think about, man. You know, I bought my first home a couple years ago, and I'm selling it now. And the equity I built up in that home is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to sell it and get down payment for my next bigger, better home. You know, and that's how you build wealth. That's how you build equity. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Remember, it's about building wealth and not only wealth, but generational wealth. Something that we've been missing as African-Americans, you know, people of color. We missed that. That's why I'm glad we was able to talk to you about this to get that knowledge that, you know, most people need to hear. We need to tighten that gap. If 2020 has not taught us anything, we need to start looking at some land. We need to start stop buying them shoes. Don't go get them Nikes. Mm-hmm. Don't go get them uh, uh, Gucci belts. What the? What is a Gucci belt gonna do for you? <laughs> First off, you can go to the and people go, go go to the club. Got the glasses on at the club. You can't see, but you got the Versace. You know, it's all yeah, about the Versaces. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, I had to get the Versace. But you know, it ain't about the Versace glasses. Go get you some land. But hey, thanks for coming in. We do appreciate you. Uh, uh, definitely, we would love to talk to you again. You yeah, know, man. thank y'all for having me, man. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be back anytime.